0: Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder.
1: And I'm Sam Blackwell. This week we're gonna tackle topics like intellectual compatibility, when being understanding goes wrong, and white supremacy. <laughs> That's not funny. It's not funny. It's a horrible thing. Uh, But first, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we are not permitted to do this.
0: We are not qualified. We are not trained in this. We are not professionals. No, we're not. We are two English major Geminis that happen to be best friends and very opinionated. That's right. (laughs) So please take our advice as you see fit. We're just here to offer our humble musings, so hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. Welcome to episode 62, Sam.
1: Amazing. I can't believe we've made it this far.
0: <laughs> we're going to just say that every episode. Like, <laughs> yeah. But isn't that the truest form of gratitude to be like, wow, we could have not made it this far and we did. <laughs>
1: right. We made it past episode three, which was pretty remarkable for me.
0: Yeah. You're again, your hundred percent goal.
1: That's because most podcasts stop after episode seven. How do you know that? It was like on a website I looked at when it was like how to start a podcast. Wow. Yeah. And so they were like, if you get to episode eight, you're already like. Up, up, better than 50% of the podcasts out there.
0: I would high five you right now if I could A, reach you and B, if we were butcher. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I'm sparkle butch is the, is the your identity that I've I've given myself. <laughs> it's
0: so true. You guys should see how he's wearing his pants lately. It's very like 90s lesbian and I love it.
1: Yeah. Uh, like a, I don't even know how to say it. Like a gay man version of Ellen DeGeneres. Yep.
0: Yeah. That's exactly it. Yep. All right, so our check in topic today is the cutest ever. It's inspired by a letter. By Jordan R. from Nashville. And um, Jordan, I'm going to chop up your letter a little bit, but I'm going to read the very last paragraph first because it's so cute. Mm -hmm. Um, Jordan writes, I love your podcast and I hope you all keep doing it for as long as possible because the impact y'all are having daily on people is extremely profound. With every ounce of love that you show every week sent right back at you, your seventh straight male listener. (laughs) I just thought it was so charming. I laughed out loud when I was reading it. Um, but Jordan gave us two check-in topics that are both really unique, and I wanted to tackle both of them because uh, they're just charming and unique. And um, yeah, so the first one is uh, he, Jordan writes: the first idea for a check-in topic is to make your English uh, is sure to make your English major hearts explode. Do you think that we struggle so much, especially in the Western world? with defining love because the English language only has one word for it? Or does only having one word for love make it more powerful of an emotion when we say it? I feel like there are so many different types of love out there that we are too scared to say we are in love because the meaning we attribute to love can be so varying. Mm. I know, such a cute topic. Mm -hmm. Let's dive in. Yeah. What do you think?
1: Uh, I think that struggling with love is not just a... Western thing.
0: <laughs> yes. Linguistic. Okay. But in the. Yes. Obviously. Uh-huh, yeah. Linguistically. Yeah. Do you. Do we. I think that Jordan makes a great point. Is mm-hmm. that like love is a huge umbrella and or blanket right. word. Yep. That covers a full. You know, like I say, I love you to my friends. I say, love you to my Casual friends, mm-hmm. you know, um, but then I say it to you and Spencer and I mean it yep. almost more intimately than I've meant it with certain partners. Wow. Yeah. Well, we are lovers, <laughs> just non-sexual lovers. Got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which would be
1: great if we had a different word for lovers that wasn't exactly.
0: If there was a word for intimate friend partners Uh (laughs) that haven't seen each other (laughs) naked. However, you've seen me naked, but you still haven't shown me your butt.
1: That's right. Well, you just ate a hard-boiled egg in front of me, so... (laughs) I
0: am breaking up with you as a friend. I asked you not to say that on the podcast, and you did. Y'all, this is what is a perfect example of overstepping the boundaries. I literally said, please don't tell the podcast that I'm going to eat this hard-boiled egg before recording and he said, no, I'm definitely going to tell. Uh,
1: it was great. Sierra so whipped out the hard-boiled egg and Spencer literally left the room. <laughs> he I just want to say that watch I brought Eden. the
0: hard-boiled egg to the studio because I'm a planner. Because I needed some sustenance to record for three hours today.
1: Yeah. And now the whole room smells like hard-boiled egg.
0: I cannot believe this is where you're taking this episode. <laughs> yeah, I need a break from Sam. I'm going to just talk to you exclusively today.
1: Also, she ate it in like one bite. She was so embarrassed. I was so
0: self conscious because both of you were like, I hate hard boiled eggs. You're disgusting. You're a little troll egg eater. And so then I was like, well, let me get this done real fast. I'm not going to like savor this delicious source of
1: protein. Hard boiled eggs are so gross. Oh,
0: God. All right.
1: Even deviled eggs? Uh uh.
0: Are you kidding me? I know.
1: Everyone thinks I'm super weird, but I hate them. It's the the white, like the...
0: That's the best part.
1: Yeah, it's gross. It's like, uh, I don't... Nothing in nature should be that texture.
0: Like a mushroom?
1: Yeah, I hate mushrooms.
0: Okay, yeah. I feel (laughs) you. I'm the vegetarian that doesn't like tomatoes, so... Yeah, that's great. I'm like an outlander in the world. They taste like sweet, dirty water to me, so... Oh,
1: nice, yeah. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. All right, Jordan. (laughs) I think that is great. I I mean, I think naturally, even as children, we say, like, oh, my God, do you like them or do you like like them? True. Yeah. And so we're already finding, like, faux inadequate substitutes for the word love because love is so all-encompassing and can be confusing. It is.
1: Yeah. And I think, like, we.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry. What if we said love but with a scale, like a rating system? Like, I love (laughs) 0.7 you. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, like, out of 10, you yeah, know? Yeah, I'm into it. Yeah, and so the people you were, like, madly in love with, you'd be like, I love 10 out of 10 you.
1: Where would you rate hard-boiled eggs on your love meter?
0: I'm going to fucking leave you. I'm going to leave you. You're going to find all your clothing on the front lawn, like, the most dramatic breakup scene in every movie. It's, it's going
1: to be so good. We don't even live together.
0: Tomorrow, or, like, the next uh, the next episode that comes out, it's going to be like, hi, I'm Sierra and mother, and I'm somebody totally different. <laughs>
1: Wow! Not even leave me, but like replace me oh, immediately. No.
0: Immediately, so that you would great. have like a, a you know like a crisis that that I was replacing you. You would think that I was replacing you slowly before this hard-boiled uh-huh. egg. Yeah. You know how the people like <laughs> in your rela- in your breakup when your ex like moves on too fast. You're like, oh my god, something must have been happening for before. sure. Yeah, when like in she's reality, been cheating
1: pe- on me this whole time. When
0: in reality, people are just like lonely and <laughs> eager to like get laid by someone new.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. People jump into relationships very quickly.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, get us back on track, you fucking off tracker. <laughs> I love this episode already, even though I'm really mad at you.
1: I'm um, gonna eat my yogurt now. <laughs> I think it is hard to. I mean, it is hard to be like, I love hard boiled eggs, and I also love you. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it is to like the love that you have for hard boiled eggs is obviously very different than you love the love that you have for me, right? And so but I just also like You think. I also think that we like build (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I love you and boiled legs about the same amount.
0: (laughs) Which good for you. I love boiled legs a lot.
1: Um I think it's also like a thing where we uh like we do a lot in relationships is that we like build things up too. So like like it's always like, ooh, did you say I love you to that person? And it so it feels like love is so much more of uh like a Nebulous organic thing Then we make it out to be It's either like Right I love you Or I don't love you Right But it's like No I'm like I mean watch The Bachelor This is what they do All the time Because they can't say I love you So they're always like Why can't I'm they I'm falling in love with you The Bachelor Can't say it to the contestants Because then it would be A marker of who They're gonna pick And oh my they god are not allowed I can't to... I can't handle it. <laughs> So it's always like I think I'm falling In love with you Or like I could see myself Falling in love with you And it's like The way that we Twist our language to avoid saying yeah. "I love you" because that's such a big monumental thing. Is a little bit ridiculous.
0: Yeah, and I have always struggled with like the cusp. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh my god, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say I love you now. For or, sure. Like, I'm ready to, which I understand, but I have often felt great lo- levels of love and not been in love with someone, or mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, you're right. It is a, n- it's a nebulous. Is that what you called it? Yeah. <laughs> Are you excited about the new uh, Matrix movie?
1: They're making a new Matrix movie? Yeah. I've seen the first one once.
0: I I pegged you as a Matrix
1: lover. No. It's too... Butch for you? Yeah. It's too (laughs) bro-y for me, for sure.
0: (laughs) Okay, this is all over the place, but Jordan has one more question. Okay, great. Uh, The second check-in topic is on defining emotional abuse. Jordan writes, I was listening to the podcast on my break as you guys were talking about emotional abuse and defining it. And as I walked back to work, I came to the realization that we need to start defining emotional abuse just like we do in other forms of abuse. If we define sexual abuse as someone taking advantage of you without your consent." then emotional abuse should be defined as someone consciously taking your joy, happiness, or freedom without your consent. Mm. Full stop, a hundred percento. And I it's think that's totally right. That's pandering, Jordan.
1: That's pandering. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, pandering in the right direction, my friend. Um, I think that's totally right. Uh, the one thing I would add is my favorite thing, a sprinkle of nuance.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because
0: oftentimes, in my case— in my abusive relationships, they were for sure taking it with my consent. Mm. I was actively, yeah, participating in the toxicity, yep. in the to- not to- not just the toxicity, but like I was actively participating in the toxic dynamic that the abuser had established,
1: mm-hmm. yep,
0: and not to victim blame myself because i it is not my fault,
1: yeah. I mean, the cons- consent was coerced,
0: right, yep. Um, but that I, again, it's tricky because I don't want to say like a victim blaming statement, but Mm -hmm. I was allowing my joy to be stolen Mm -hmm. because I wasn't prioritizing my joy. Yeah. You know, so it's just complicated like that.
1: I also think that abuse, emotional abuse doesn't always have to be intentional either. Like Mm. it could be, it can be the product of someone else's anxiety or someone else's insecurity. Oh my God, that is
0: such a great Statement. Right and you
1: and they might not know that they are doing it, but the end goal is about you know control. it is about taking someone's freedom and
0: and it's about um boundaries, it's about when you're hurt and mess, which we all have mm-hmm. when you allow that hurt and mess to hurt other people, yeah, yep. Do you know what I mean and yeah. I, I, I think that's like the true marker of a of really a strong personal evolution or growth is yep. when you're like, I'm hurting, I'm taking this out on you, and I'm going to restrain myself from that. I'm not going to let my emotions or my triggers be the the strongest force in my life. Mm-hmm. I'm going to allow health and boundaries to be stronger and louder yep. than the pain and mess that we all have. We all, you know, get jealous or fuck up or have anxiety or depression. Yep. It's a matter of how we allow that to funnel in and out of the world and affect the people we love. I think.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because not every person who acts out of jealousy is emotionally abusive. Right. right. It's when that jealousy... Begins to strip away the freedom, joy, safety of right. the other person, then it becomes emotionally abusive. And
0: especially when that's sustained, when it's yeah. like when you see that as like, oh, if I make them caretake for me in this moment of crisis, I know that they'll stay with me and and not go out and like hang out with the friends for sure. So I'm going to emotionally manipulate them into that or whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah, because I want I want to create. Space for people to forgive themselves for reacting. We've gotten you know, a lot of right? letters. Of p- people who have like been like, I'm a toxic person. I'm what do a- I
0: do? How do I deal with it?
1: Right. Yeah. And it's like, we all react out of emotionally vulnerable places. You, and you we cannot, react out of hurt.
0: And you cannot be perfect all the time. No, you can't. Such a That was such a profound, simple, but f- wildly freeing revelation that I had just yep. this past year. Of yep. like, Sierra, you... Literally cannot be perfect for everyone all of the time. Absolutely, and I'm not a perfectionist. Like I don't, I don't identify with that word. But just thinking, like really beating myself up for saying the wrong thing or not knowing how to react or or letting one, someone treat me poorly. Yep, I quite simply was just doing the best that I could
1: at all times. Absolutely, and, and if, our
0: best is not perfect.
1: Yep, right, and it's a. I mean. I'm not trying to say, like, you should react out of Mm
0: -hmm, out mm -hmm, of hurt mm -hmm. or
1: emotion every time. But I am saying, like, there is sometimes we can't help it. Yeah. And like, what are the things that you do after that in order to, like, have a healthy, constructive conversation uh, is important. But like, we all we all react out of out of emotion or out of out of hurt, I would say, more than emotion, because like reacting out of emotion is not a bad thing. But reacting out of hurt and hurting others is not great. (laughs) (laughs)
0: You got it. We, yeah, that's, we, that's great. We're Whatever. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, fine. Yeah. I'm an English
1: major. Don't worry about it.
0: Jordan, our seventh straight male listener, thank you so much for um, sparking these awesome discussions. Yeah. And thanks for being a great listener. Thanks, Jordan. Let's get into some letters.
1: All right. Our first letter comes from Anonymous Anonymous, who's writing from Boston. Love the podcast. Your insight is perfectly matched with humor and makes for such a helpful and entertaining show. I'm learning so much and loving every minute.
0: Oh, that makes me feel so happy.
1: So here we go. My current dilemma, intellectual compatibility. I've been dating my boyfriend for four years now, been living together for two, have a dog, all the fun stuff. But within the past six months, I've been questioning our relationship big time. Ever since engagement became a real possibility, I all of a sudden started wondering if he really is my future husband. Mm. We get along great, but lately I've been noticing all the things I don't like about the relationship, more so than the good. I've been weighing my thoughts and it's been a crippling, it's been a crippling and anxiety-inducing experience. I'm curious about your thoughts on intellect. The biggest sticking point for me in my relationship is the different intellectual levels between my boyfriend and myself. Do you think a couple should have the same levels of intellect to have a successful relationship? Is intellectual compatibility a thing? I'm not saying my boyfriend is unintelligent. I just think our brains work very differently. If that makes sense. Our jokes don't always connect. Like he won't understand most of the references I make. I often find myself holding back conversation topics, knowing he probably won't know or care what I'm talking about. Mm. It's like I need to simplify my thoughts or change the way I say things to make sure he gets it. Most of our conversations are about our dog or house stuff, things we know we have in common. I genuinely care for him. He is the most loving, caring man I've ever dated he really would do anything for me. I'm just worried this relationship is holding me back a bit. I have conversations with my friends that are deep and analytical, and I wish I could have those with my BF. Is this a reason that to call things off? How could I ever tell him that we don't connect intellectually without sounding like a total jerk? The last thing I'd ever want to do is hurt him. What do you think? Is intellectual connection a deal breaker, or is it something that we can overcome?
0: Thank you so much, Anonymous. I love this question.
1: Yeah, it's... I. I think this is the first time that we've gotten a letter about intellectual compatibility, if that's even a thing. Yeah,
0: we've talked about like financial or like where you are in life and sexual even. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm so excited to tackle it. I have have a question first for Anonymous. Do you like hard boy legs?
1: (laughs) Because if you say yes, I refuse to answer this question.
0: (laughs) Well, guess what? If you say yes, I'll answer it by myself. (laughs) Anyway, <laughs> sorry, I just had to, had to bring it back up. Um, That's great.
1: This episode is going to be titled Hard Boiled Eggs.
0: Oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> hard Boiled Love, of a right?
1: Oh, Come no. On. No. I know. Sorry. I'm full now. I've been thinking lately that I need to yes and you more, <laughs> like in our banter. <laughs> <laughs> give and me an I'd example. Like, Unfortunately, this is an episode about hard boiled eggs, and I just can't get on that, that train.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, give me an example. I would be like, comparing love to hard-boiled eggs and you would say
1: and i would say yes and also this as opposed to being like uh but this thing instead oh nice you're
0: you're saying you want to affirm my hard-boiled eggness
1: yeah and also like i'm thinking about how we can be funnier
0: oh okay (laughs) (laughs) i'm glad you're strategizing about that and meanwhile i'm over here like packing my lunch in a napkin and it is an egg (laughs) i'm eating an egg like a little old Uh, russian doll woman uh uh-huh yeah okay Anyway, Anonymous, we love this letter, if, even though we haven't answered a thing about it yet. Um, okay, so Sam, tell me. Intellectual compatibility, A, do you believe in it? Short answer only. B, have you experienced it?
1: Yes, I believe in it. And yes, I have experienced intellectual incompatibility. Yeah, tell me I about guess. it. Um, I think it is like... First of all, I think that there's a level of, uh, like, misunderstanding that happens that feels like intellectual incompatibility, but it's not actually. And so, like, uh,
0: yeah, I do love what the the anonymous writes when she says, um, I, I feel like our brains just work differently. Yeah,
1: and I think that that's it.
0: Because sometimes because, oh, my God, do you know the times when you're trying to communicate to somebody and you're just like. Why don't you get this if I say it like this? And they're like, no, no, it's this. And you're like, no, no, I'm telling you, you know, and after like struggling with that for X amount of years with X amount of partners. yeah, I realized that our brains just process information 100 percent differently or more or, or uniquely from our neighbor or our partner.
1: Yeah. And so that's I think that is what intellectual, in, like, compatibility is, is mm-hmm. not necessarily one person being, like, smarter than the other person, but just, like, the way that you view and understand the world and communicate it can be very different. Yeah, yeah. And I I think that that is not a deal-breaker for me. Interesting. Yeah.
0: I don't think it's a deal-breaker for me either, actually. Um, But I do relate to Anonymous in that... I, um, I find so much intimacy mm-hmm. through um stimulating conversations. Yeah, and honestly, I don't even need the person to be academically intelligent. Mm-hmm. I need them to be able to talk to me about their experiences as humans. Yeah, right. Um, so if if that would be maybe like an int- like a holistic intellect, mm-hmm. and if we weren't holistically intellectually aligned, that would be a deal breaker for me.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could see that. But
0: not academically.
1: Yeah, for sure. And
0: we could we could go down the rabbit hole of the different types of literacies out there in the world, Mm -hmm. like that you can be literate in um, a set of skills or literate in map reading, but but unable to read a book or something like that. Mm -hmm. So there's so many different types of intelligence that we often lump them. Again, we have an umbrella statement for intellect or or intelligence
1: yeah and the types of the types of intelligence that we value
0: right oh my gosh very different
1: too so like we tend to value academic intelligence more than we do intelligence of like being able to be skilled with your hands right totally and so i think um that's why i'm like backing away from this like intellectual compatibility thing because it does feel like there's judgment attached to it, but I also think that you anonymous are completely right in that yeah. there are different ways that people's brains work.
0: Yeah, and you're not being judgmental, no. anonymous. You're analyzing your four-year relationship as For anyone sure. should.
1: And it, yes, and it seemed like that's your quote, right? Like, right. so you're thinking about it in a, in that way. But if someone came up on the street and was like, "Do you think intellectual compatibility is a thing?" I would be like, um, "That's elitist." <laughs> yes,
0: but I think it's a thing. Yeah. I mean, I think elitist systems are out there all the time. Um, and and to to edit my statement a little, I think it is more about what type of compatibility is important to you. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. at the end and and that was that's what I would say to you, anonymous, is that I know where my line is. Like, if you can't talk about your feelings, mm-hmm. we're not compatible. If yeah. you don't have that holistic intellect or whatever I called it before, which I'm sure isn't real. <laughs> But if you do if you can't talk um, about your feelings or your, uh, if you can't speak holistically about the way you process and feel the world, that is a deal breaker for me. Sure, that's very personal to me. Um, so anonymous, if you want, if you if you find that you need a stimulating conversation from your partner, then that can be your line. However, I think. I think Sam and I agree on this, that you get different things from, from different relationships in your life. Absolutely. And I'm not talking about romantic ones. Is that I definitely have been in the situation where I have more intellectually stimulating conversations with my friends than I do and than I have with my partner. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had more I've had I've had times in which like the I have more excitement with my friends than I do with my partner. Yeah. But at that time in my life I needed a partner that was stable. Mm -hmm. um that that made me feel safe that made me feel unjudged and and didn't ask a lot uh well that's not wrong or or, i mean excuse me that's wrong they asked a lot of me in different ways but Mm -hmm. i don't know this is all to say clumsily (laughs) that we get different things from different people and and that's okay we have this facade that we tell ourselves that our partner needs to be everything for us
1: for sure yep and that's like that's first of all impossible right (laughs) And secondly, um, it's it is unreasonable to ask that of our partners. Right. And so like knowing like living in the reality of the fact that our partner can't be everything for us. Like, what do you need out of a partner? And if it is like being able to have really deep analytical conversations, then like you're not with the right person. Right. But like, I will tell you that I am married to a person whose brain is very different than mine. Right. Um. Who like who works in a completely different field and has only ever worked in that one field. And so like sometimes we struggle to have conversations about like work or like what our career trajectory is or like what our goals and professionally are. But like, you know, he, we both make the effort to, to hear each other and understand each other. But like when I need to talk to someone about like professional stuff and like what my goals should be, like I find it with someone else. Totally. And so, I want to say to you that like having that different understanding of the way the world works and, and having very different brains is something that can work, right? Yeah. Like I'm in a relationship where that is the reality. And like Peter is wonderful and loving and gives me so many other things. And that's just not one of the things that I can get from him. Totally. And that's totally okay. Like I have surrounded myself with people that can provide for me the different things that I need from them.
0: Totally. And so I think it's about like balance yeah and boundaries and and transparency when needed like cuz if you need more from your partner that's okay just because you've been together for so long doesn't mean you can't ask for more mm-hmm. like the time stamp has nothing to do with growth right or like the end of growth yep um so i would encourage you that if you feel like you want to talk about something with your partner like don't censor yourself don't limit you know what you want to engage your partner with but i agree with sam that to think that your partner will be perfectly aligned with you in all forms and functions mm-hmm. is is not just unrealistic it's it's unsustainable yeah and i'll pose one thing to you because i i i want to i want to acknowledge your anxiety that like you're coming up on what well, could be a bigger commitment you're mm-hmm. trying to decide if this is if you're happy you're trying to decide if this is a thing yep. intellectual uh, incompatibility so i want to acknowledge that and say that's all okay it's okay to be anxious it's it's okay to be, to, to be questioning your relationship in a happy relationship yeah for right? sure yep you're you're asking very normal questions but i want you to ask yourself um what would it look like if you had all of these conversations that you're having with your friends with your partner all the mm-hmm. time. To be honest, one of some I find I, I feel very compatible with my partner, but one of my favorite things that we can do around each other is sit in silence.
1: <laughs> yeah, for you sure. You know,
0: I I want I need to be able to clock out mm-hmm. around someone. And so it might be exhausting <laughs> to to have your partner have all these very s- stimulating Conversations with or because maybe that's not what you need from him. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I totally get that. And I also want to say to you, Anonymous, that like, uh, it might also be that you are selling your partner short. Right. Right. Like, uh, have you actually given him the opportunity to like engage in this conversation with you? Cause I feel like sometimes. When it comes to work stuff, I don't talk to Peter about it because I'm right. like, I don't want to have to ex- explain the whole thing. Right. Um, But like when we sit down and I talk about it, like he gets it. Yeah. He, like he just doesn't have the the context around yeah. it that I live in every single yeah. day. And so it was like me selling him short and being like, oh, well, he's just not going to he's not going to understand it. So like totally. he doesn't want to talk about this. But like actually putting forth the effort proved that, like, not only was he interested in it, but, like, actually could understand and, like, sympathize. And, like, even if he didn't have the best advice, could at least, like, engage in the conversation with me.
0: Totally. And I think that brings up something really important because this is a longstanding relationship, Anonymous. I think we often, in longer relationships, innocently cut corners Yeah, when we have... Um, found ourselves in a comfortable swing of things right that that we know this person so intimately we've been together for so long um we think we know them but the truth is your partner is 100% a different person from the day you met
1: sure um
0: and you are different because you're always changing because experience and perspective always changes who we are how we respond to the world for sure and so sam's right maybe Maybe invite him in and see if he can be a little bit more of what you want. Yeah. But also I would say see if you can, if you can settle in your heart, finding this thing that you're pining for outside of your partner. Mm-hmm. It, it, and I, I just want to say that I have no judgment for this. Um, I think that you're asking the right questions. Yep. It's just a matter of what you think you need in right. a relationship.
1: Absolutely. And if it is the ability to have deep analytical conversations, then like. Yeah. Then maybe this isn't the guy for you. But but I also feel like, um, like sort of focusing on this one thing might be yeah might be a detriment to you and your and your happiness and potential like, future it, with this partner. Yeah. Right, and it seems like he's offering you a lot of great things. Does it have to be this one thing? Yeah,
0: and to to close. To answer the main question, is intellectual incompatibility a thing? I want to echo Sam and say, yes, it is a thing. But I think what the the mistake that we make is that we assume compatibility is the same for everyone. Right. Mm -hmm. That 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 intellectual compatibility is this blanket thing with these universal rules. Mm -hmm. Right. But it really just comes down to you your personal desires, your personal preferences, and the other person that you're engaging with and how well you two match together.
1: Absolutely. Yep. Is he
0: fulfilling you enough in all the ways that you need to be fulfilled? Yep. Then you're compatible. Absolutely. Anonymous, thank you so much for writing. Thank you for this great question. Thank Good you. luck. We love you. We love you. to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with customer service for you, which I obviously love as a somewhat introverted, conflict-avoidant person.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Rocket Money has over 5 million subscribers and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash just That's
0: rocketmoney.com slash just break Rocketmoney.com slash just The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to Jackets sweaters, and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily I found quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after
1: year.
0: in the house.
1: Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash JustBreakUp for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash JustBreakUp to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash JustBreakUp.
0: All right. Up next, we have a letter from Anonymous Jr. Oh. No. <laughs> I know. Writing to us from the Netherlands. Okay. Hello, Just Breakup. I've been trying to summarize my question in a few lines, which has been tricky as the matter often feels so all encompassing. For two and a half years now, I've been seeing a man that I care for deeply and would even say love. We have mutually chosen to be exclusive from the start. However, he has had episodes of cheating and me finding out through mutual friends. Because I always try to think with, not against someone I love, I have tried to understand patterns in his behavior. He explains it that he is still has significant commitment issues and that he finds it difficult to consider someone an exclusive partner. As I really enjoy inter- our interaction, and it gives me great joy when things do go well between us, do I hold on and accept the level of commitment he can offer at this point in his life, or Or choose to let it go. I can't imagine feeling more close to another person than I do with him. But there have also been episodes that have felt emotionally abusive. Do I stride forward with acceptance, forgiveness, and an understanding, trying to think with him? Is that the ultimate sign of care or love? Or am I confusing just damaging behavior with personal, deeply ingrained uh, issues? Phew, I feel so relieved that I wrote this down. Very much hoped this question might get the chance to be answered. I feel like I've exhausted the advice of my friends. (laughs) Thank you, Anonymous Jr., for this question. Um, I think it stood out to me and Sam because of the phrase you used, thinking with your partner and not against them, or Mm -hmm. thinking with, not against someone you love. And I think that I want to start out by saying I think that's a beautiful Sentiment, mm-hmm. and I think that's a wonderful approach to a healthy relationship.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: When when a relationship is healthy and balanced, and you have mutual respect, yeah. and you have similar goals, and you're working through things together, thinking with your partner, not against them, is a beautiful approach um, to what I would think would be like a sustainable relationship. Absolutely. What is happening here is that this this relationship is what I would say is not healthy mm-hmm. um it's not healthy, no matter how happy your potential is, how good it feels sometimes to be with him. Yep. I would label this as an unhealthy relationship because it seems so imbalanced.
1: Yes, for sure. well, it seems like you want different things out of the relationship, and I appreciate the fact that you are so understanding of your partner. Right. And that you are recognizing that like full monogamy is not something that he wants, right? Uh but the question is is like it's great to be that understanding, but then you also have to know what you want as yeah, well. Yeah, what are your
0: boundaries? Right,
1: exactly. So like, you know, he's cheating on you, he doesn't want monogamy, um like you can totally understand that and and withhold judgment from that, which is clearly what you're doing, which is I think a great thing, but you do also need to be like is that acceptable to me? Yeah. I, and like standing up for yourself and asking for what you want and what you need is not thinking against someone. It is thinking for yourself. Yes. And that is important in this yes. as well. Say it
0: again for the people in the back.
1: <laughs> right. That's not asking for what you want isn't isn't thinking against someone. It is not taking away something from someone. It is thinking for yourself. Right. You need to think for and with at the same time,
0: yes, absolutely. And
1: so, my concern is that, like, you are getting lost in all of this understanding of this person's behavior,
0: right? And the, and the and the one piece of tough love I want to give you is, I want to say exactly what is happening to you in the plainest language possible. Mm-hmm. You are choosing to be in an open relationship with this man. Yep. This this relationship is not exclusive. Nope. Nor does he want it to be because right. he's struggling with it, or like he might say that he wants it to, but his actions are are saying differently, right? And he even says that he has a difficult time considering someone an exclusive partner. you're saying he's essentially saying, "I don't believe that you exist." <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like if somebody said, if I was in an exclusive relationship with somebody and they were like, and we were exclusive, we were monogamous, and and he cheated on me and he said, "I'm sorry, I have a hard time. Thinking about only having one monogamous partner, I would say you are essentially saying you don't want a monogamous relationship. I'm going to get out of here because that's what I asked for.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Um, So I just want to say that to you in like a little bit of a plain statement way, which is that right now staying with him, quote, thinking with him. Mm hmm. Um, justifying all of this behavior, moving forward with this beautiful um, forgiveness that you you have the capacity for is you have to you have to look in the mirror and say I am choosing to be in an open relationship with a man who cannot commit to me. Yeah, because we don't date potential; we date reality.
1: <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Little too real.
1: <laughs> um, uh, but I o- love. We always
0: date future. Oh, yeah, for sure. Where I was like, oh, my God, he would be such a great dad. Yeah.
1: marry the man today and fix his ways tomorrow.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Look at him do a keg stand. (laughs) I'm making fun of myself.
1: (laughs) Uh, That's hilarious. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, when he finally grows up, he won't be so awful to me.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So, anyway, Anonymous Jr., um, I do... I don't want to shame you for your capacity to understand and nurture someone who's hurting you. I
1: think that it's an absolute great quality to have and will lead to, like, health in the future, right? But guess
0: what? When you don't prioritize yourself, that great quality will lead to a ton of pain. Yeah. Because— I started this statement by saying, like, I don't want to shame you for this great thing, but I am going to tell you as one bleeding heart to the other, until I reined in my my, under, my ability to nurture someone else, uh, it brought me a lot of heartache.
1: Yeah, for sure. I,
0: I accredit most of my greatest heartbreak to times in which I wasn't taking care of myself because I was too ta- too busy taking care of someone else who didn't deserve
1: it. Seriously. Yep. Yep. <laughs>
0: Is that not my greatest gift? It is. My capacity to take care of someone, I think, if I can speak proudly about myself, is I love how loving I am. I love it. I, it's my superpower if I had one, other than, like, flying. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it that superpower was used against me, For and sure. I didn't know how to harness it, if we're going to go with that weird metaphor. Yep. And it's just— I don't think that you should continue seeing this person if they're going to continue treating you poorly.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: We don't date. That's we don't date potential.
1: No, we don't. And go and find that that understanding quality that you have, that ability to empathize and understand others and use it for good and not for this man.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I know this is hard. I mean, I know we're I know we're talking about someone you love who you've, you've engaged with for two and a half years that's a long time Mm -hmm. and like trust me sweetie i was with somebody for two years who cheated on me multiple times Mm -hmm. um it's horrible and you and you just want it to be righted because if it was righted if everything if everything like if we did get married me and that schmuck (laughs) (laughs) i always said this like we have to work out because why else would i would have what I have put up with so much shit for so long.
1: First, yeah. And I, I think that's like, that's the shitty thing that we do to ourselves uh, in bad relationships. Uh, I'm so ashamed is like, to even
0: say that. <laughs> we that, have
1: to stay together. This has to work because if it didn't work, then I have put in all so of this much time, time and, and energy. Yeah. I look for like a fool. Yeah. Yes. Yep.
0: But guess what? You're not a fool. You're not. You are just trying to love someone well enough to, tr- to have them treat you well. Absolutely. But guess what? You deserve to be treated well. Right now, yep. as is from somebody who has the capacity to be in a monogamous relationship with you,
1: mm-hmm.
0: with somebody who has a capacity to not c- continually overstep the boundaries that you two established as partners.
1: Absolutely. Yep.
0: Thank you so much, Anonymous Jr., for writing.
1: We love you. All right. Our third and final letter comes from Anonymous Hebronesian.
0: <laughs> Huber-
1: Hebronesian. Hebrewnesian. There we go. Yep. Uh, Who is writing from the trendy side of town.
0: (laughs) Y'all make me laugh so much. Like I nine times out of 10, I like pull out my phone to tweet something funny that you guys said. And instead of tweeting it, I text a picture of it to Spencer or Sam.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's great. It's fantastic. All right. So Anonymous writes, Dear Sam and Sierra, thank you so much for being wonderful and open and vulnerable and fly as hell. Oh, thanks. My question is a short but difficult one. So here we go. A little context. I am a short, stocky girl with unruly brown hair and dark almond eyes. My ethnicity is Asian Pacific Islander, Jewish, European and a little mainland Asian. I present as white to some people, Asian to other people and mixed to still more people. Recently, I moved to a gentrified, trendy neighborhood. I found that I haven't actually had to come face to face with how unfashionable it is to look like I do until now. I've always surrounded myself with a diverse group of friends and I've always dated my friends out of convenience. I'm really trying to stop doing this. So my quote, attractiveness has never come into question. But now I'm in my mid-twenties and I want to swim around the dating pool, but so far almost every relationship I've had ends with the guy leaving me and dating a girl who is incredibly thin, Caucasian, and has the same white, bleached, long bob dangling over her razor-sharp collarbone, and I woke up like this abs. It's becoming a joke among my friends how often this happens. Think Phoebe Bridgers, but in mom jeans. I don't want to revert back to middle school paranoia or aggression. There's nothing wrong with being a beautiful white girl and I also have to acknowledge my privilege as presenting a lot whiter than a lot of people. However, recently I've been so freaking mad all the time at the pretty girls who are relationships, are in relationships and I can't help but feel that I'm going to die alone if I continue to live in such an and aesthetically focused environment. Help. How do I own my privilege but still grapple with these unsolicited feelings of anger and betrayal? How do I regain confidence after this inevitably happens to me again? I don't want to tape down my double D's, bleach my hair, and contour my collarbones. I want to be me. But I also desperately want to be desired. Hmm. Sigh. My vanity knows no bounds. With love, Anonymous, Ah,
0: Thank you so much, Anonymous. We had three Anonymouses today.
1: We did, yeah and jordan and jordan hey jordan
0: <laughs> thank you so much for writing um yeah i i want to jump in really quick before we like dive in and yeah. talk about like white supremacy okay, and great. and our own whiteness <laughs> and whatever and I, I just before i forget anonymous i want to say that it's great of you to check your own privilege to mm-hmm. acknowledge that you might be receiving benefits because you pass as white here and there um but your question was, how do I check my privilege and do this? Let's let's get to the self-acceptance first mm-hmm. and then to the accountability for your privilege. Sure. Um, because I think so often we compare our traumas to other people. We compare our privileges to other people. And we think, well, that person has it so much worse than me. Therefore, mm-hmm. I'm not worthy of growth and acceptance or love or whatever that thing that we're struggling with. Yep. Um, and so, just out the gate, mm-hmm. I want to say it's great of you to acknowledge that that is real. That is something happening real in the world. But let's focus on um, affirming yourself first, mm-hmm. and then go back to the the privilege, which is on the back burner, just for a little while. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right, just because
1: other people are suffering more doesn't mean that your suffering doesn't hurt. Right. Yeah,
0: I just wanted to say that first, so I don't forget it. Yep. Um, and just so that we can put it aside, it's been acknowledged, and mm-hmm. that's what needs to happen in this moment, Anonymous. Yeah. But moving to your letter.
1: Yes. Uh, yeah. So fuck white beauty standards. Right. So uh,
0: <laughs> Sam and I are totally unqualified to answer this. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but. We are we want to acknowledge that we are both white mm-hmm. and we benefit from living in a white supremacist society. Absolutely. And we benefit from things that we don't even know that we benefit from. Yep. And the white beauty standards that Sam is talking about is the fact that uh, white people have uh, had all governmental, financial, um, economical control mm-hmm. of our country for the last hundred years. Hundreds of years yep.
1: since its inception. <laughs>
0: right. And because of that, then all of the things in our culture and society are built towards and meant to reward white people or people who present as white. Yep. Um, and so what you're talking about, you know, this anonymous, we don't need to tell you this, yep. <laughs> um, but why I think we wanted to bring that up as as part of the to get into this question is that to then love your body as is um as a non-white person who has b- beautiful unruly hair mm-hmm. right yep. um who presents differently than these skinny white girls that you feel like you are quote-unquote in competition with yep. um to love yourself as is is a radical form of resistance mm-hmm. against white supremacy yep. right But here I am, a white person, telling you to like love yourself.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely.
0: But what I want to break down is the fact that to love yourself, to love your body, is not only a form of resistance, but it's a practice. Mm -hmm. It takes work. It takes affirmation. Everybody has body dysmorphia to some level, right? Everybody hates the way they look. And as we always say on this podcast, comparison is an act of violence against yourself, and you are only going to find more hurt if you try to wish yourself to be anything that you're not.
1: Yeah. For real.
0: But do you want to talk about white supremacy?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, I just want to like also affirm that this is a this is a thing that's happening. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like you're not making it up in your head that these white dudes are dating you and then going on to date beautiful white women. Yeah. <laughs> like I I think that it like um Can become sort of uh, like we so undervalue the experiences of people of color and like the patterns that people of color
0: see in this
1: and say like, well, no, you're that's not happening. He's not dating you and then moving on to beautiful white women like that's not a thing that's happening. And so I want to say like absolutely affirm that this is a thing that you are experiencing. Right. And it's a thing that is is prevalent in our culture. And is tolling. Right. And for sure. And like, I will credit my friend Chissy, who talked to me about this once. And she was like, we were talking about The Bachelor. And I was like, so the first bachelorette, the first black bachelorette, Rachel, was dating this guy, Peter, who like everyone loved. And they were like so compatible. And he was like, he just like couldn't commit to her. He was like, I can't get down on one knee at the end of this. And she broke up with him. Yeah, And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe this. This is like, I loved Peter so much. Like they clearly loved each other. And Shissy was like, I wanted that guy gone because so much of the time white dudes will date black women and never commit to them and then go off and date white women and get married and have right. the kids. Right. Like It's an experience that people of color go through frequently. So I want to affirm that this is happening to you and say, like, it fucking sucks. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Like, this is a product of white supremacy that tells these white dudes that they can they can't date a person of color and marry her and have kids with her and build a family. They can date people of color for sure. But but that's not a commitment. That's not like a long term thing. And that is a product of the white supremacist culture that we live in and like it sucks that that is that the effects of that are now playing out for you.
0: Yeah. And in a gentrified neighborhood. Right. No less. <laughs> that loves that loves to commodify and fetishize cultures outside of Absolutely. Uh white european
1: Yeah, it's like a healthy dose of white supremacy, a healthy dose of like appropriation, right. a healthy dose of displacement. Like all of these great things are happening right, right now <laughs> in your life.
0: Totally. Uh, so, yeah, that sucks. And we're here to say, dang. Yep. Fuck.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, we just sort of want to sit here with you and be like, yep. That sucks. This is real, and it and it fucking sucks. So,
0: And Sam and I are not qualified to repair any of that, other than, like, trying to be, like, good white people.
1: Yeah, for sure. And so, like, white people, let's all have a conversation about white supremacy. Right.
0: <laughs> the one thing we can talk about, though, is... Is what you touched on yourself, Anonymous. You said, like, I don't want to change. I don't want to tape my boobs down. I don't yep. want to bleach my hair, but I want to be desired. Yeah. Right? Yep. And that's where Sam and I can at least um, imbue our strange experience upon you. <laughs> <laughs> is that the right word. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, and so uh, referencing something I said earlier, that unfortunately, we... Move through the world, depending on our intersecting identities, being affected by so many different systems of mm. power and oppression, right? Yep. And so it sucks that you have to move through the fucking war zone of dating, <laughs> <laughs> also affected by these other intersecting yeah. forces, For sure. right? yep. But something that can strengthen you in that yep. is committing yourself to the work of self-love. Mm-hmm. And everything I'm about to say is about to sound hella cliché. Yep. Because unfortunately, the work of self-love is almost vomit-worthy. <laughs> 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 but the, the but why I need to say it so clearly anonymous is because this is how simple it is. Mm-hmm. Learning to love your body isn't just like, you don't just wake up and you're like, oh my God, I'm like so beautiful, like fuck diet culture and like body positive. Like you don't wake up and do that, right? Mm -hmm. You have to show up for yourself every day. You have to start rewriting some of the inner narrative that you can't control because of outside forces, things like that. And it starts with simple things like affirmations Mm -hmm. that you say in the mirror. Yep. I'm beautiful. I am worthy of love. I will not compare myself to other people. Mm-hmm. I will not harm myself in that way. And those who cannot, I am not a reflection of those who choose not to love me.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, um, I think that this self-love, like I don't want it to sound like we're trying to say that this self-love is going to like solve white supremacy. Right. <laughs> yeah. But what, I, what we are saying is that like self-love is, in systems of oppression makes it easier to live through those systems of oppression. Yes. Thank right. You, like Sam. me being a queer person in an, in a homophobic transphobic society, right. Like me loving myself for my queerness makes it easier for me to confront that, that homophobia. Right. right. It makes it easier for me to know That, like, when I come across someone who treats me like shit because I'm gay or calls me faggot outside of, like, out of a car window, like, I know that I am healthy, whole, and beautiful without that person, without that person's permission, right? Right. Like, they don't give me permission to love myself, to exist in this world, to be uh, a person who is worthy of love, right? Right. and so it just makes it easier to, to exist in that. And it just like also makes it easier in general in dating to be like, I'm going to love myself and be who I am and not let other people decide whether or not I'm worthy and valid and exactly. lovable. Right? This is all
0: connected yep. Um, back to the tiny horrific world of dating right. that like <laughs> if you have that stronger relationship to yourself, um, then it's going to be harder for people to mistreat you. Mm-hmm. Well, no, that's not true. It's going to be it. The harm that people have on you, you're you're going to be stronger to combat it. Does that make sense? Am yeah, I saying that right?
1: Yeah, that harm that they've done to you won't be internalized in the same way. Yes. Right. And like, people out there are shit in dating.
0: Right. Like they, in general, they just are. Listen to our podcast. <laughs>
1: right. Seriously. Um. And so, so I want to say like, there's a layer of white supremacy on here. There's a layer of like, dating fucking sucks, and I'm sorry, right. like, on here as well, but. What I want to say to you, Anonymous, is like, you are worthy of love. You are beautiful. You do not have to hide yourself. You do not have to make yourself smaller. You don't
0: have to change yourself.
1: There are people out there that are going to love you for who you are. It may not feel like it right now, and it may sound like a fucking cliche that I'm saying that out loud to you. Like, I almost gagged in my mouth saying it, but Uh like, it's a cliche because it's true. Exactly. There are people out there that want to be with you, that want to spend time with you, that want to affirm you. Uh, You just haven't found those people yet. That's it. Yeah,
0: that's that's the sad but real and strangely comforting truth. Right. It's comforting.
1: It is. It is comforting if to... you can
0: get over the pain. Yeah. Um. And 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 if you can lean into the stillness.
1: Right. Yeah. Because
0: there's stillness and discomfort in not trying to like fill the void or date somebody who's not worthy or yep. or, or like you know for sure the waiting. There's discomfort there. Yeah. For sure. But we're waiting with you. We're tipping our mimosas in your direction. um, And we believe in you. And we are so very confident that you are worthy of love. We are. Thanks for writing.
1: Thank you. All right. That brings us to the blind date segment of our episode. Each week we uh, have a blind date, which is something that we really like that we want to set you up with. Uh, this week, our blind date is?
0: The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh, I love that show. Uh, it's so good, and I'm surprised I haven't thought about it as a blind date before. But it, um, it's, I want to say, first of all, I was not on board with it oh. before watching it. okay. For some reason, I just thought I wouldn't like it. Yeah. Maybe it was like the font <laughs> that they used.
1: <laughs> yeah, I could see that.
0: I don't know. I just like, I, I and I'm saying that for anybody else who's like, that show is not for me. I was wildly impressed by the show, by the writing, by the acting, by the camera work, mm-hmm. by the storyline. I just thought it was, I just loved it so much. I'm so excited for the third season that will come out in December. And you can watch it all right now on Amazon Prime, right? Yep, yep. And I'm not sure if there's other places to watch it, but. I
1: think it's just a Prime exclusive.
0: Yeah. Other than the Amazon being like the devil. Yeah. <laughs> But the show is great. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's so charming. Um, it, I couldn't get over how well produced it was. Yeah. I think that's something really special. Like, like I don't always watch TV shows and think about, wow, they made a great camera choice there, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. And it, everything about the show stands out and shines. So Absolutely. Check out The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel.
1: Alright, thank you all so much for listening. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Breakup Pod. Please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating review and consider supporting us on Patreon. If you support us at $5 a month on Patreon, you get an additional bonus weekly episode. That's $5 a month for an additional weekly episode. This helps keep the lights on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers, giving them relationship advice.
0: Original music recording, editing, and producing by our friend Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, the What If Podcast. And remember, all of the work and understanding and forgiveness and kindness that you show to strangers daily, you deserve all of that just as much. The way you speak to children is the way you should speak to yourself. The way you speak to strangers is the way you should speak to yourself. The way you prioritize, forgive, understand your partner is how you should prioritize yourself. You deserve it. You are worthy of it. Advocating for yourself is not selfish. It is survival and thriving. And if all else fails,
1: just break up.